Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. One man. Goodbye. Hello, Heisman. 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. And welcome back to the Three Technique, a college football podcast at the intersection of the X's and O's and the Jimmies and the Joes. Glad to have you back with us for another edition of the pod. We've got a fun episode for you guys today. This will be our first installation of the Winning at Cruton series that we want to launch. Essentially, Garrett and Trey will uh, act like they're a, a college football program selling a predetermined recruit on why they should come to their school. We'll get into all of that in just a second. But first, of course, we need to do the housekeeping just down the road for me on the ones and twos. It's Mr. Trey Reeves. What's up, everybody? And the guardian of the 121 corridor, holding it down for the the, the 817, the Stockyards, Fort Worth, Mr. Garrett Turney. What's up, Garrett? Tarrant County, baby. How's it going? That's right. All right. Uh, of course, also as a fledgling podcast, but I will say a rapidly growing podcast, we rely on your interactions, your follows, your ratings, your comments. You guys have been fantastic letting us know uh, how these first few episodes have gone, what you've liked. Uh, I, I don't know that we've had any negative comments. If you'd like to be the first, fire away. But uh, so far, <laughs> it seems to be very, very positive. Of course, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at 3TechPod. You can also write in the show, 3TechPod at gmail.com. Trey, we had a we had an email the other day, which I think we'll get to in a in a later episode, but the uh, the email inbox is officially populated. We got our very first email. It's exciting. Friend of the show out of Lubbock, and it's exciting. We're growing at a rapid pace. You got to get on board or get left behind. That's right. Uh, of course, uh, Trey, as you mentioned, we are growing. We've got people listening all across the Lone Star State where we're based. We also have people listening out in Sacramento, California, in Ooh. Atlanta, Georgia. So we are spreading far, spreading wide. Uh, it's It's been fun so far, and uh, it's been a, a fun little journey to launch. We hope that you guys are along for the ride. Of course, follow us, uh, leave a rating on uh, Apple Um, And if you would obviously leave comments on the social feeds as well, Uh, it helps us to interact with you and figure out what you like as far as new mini series coming up. What would you like included? And of course, please leave your favorite team so that we can make sure to cover them in depth as someone comes through my ceiling, uh, it sounded like. But guys, (laughs) let's get into this. Uh, A fun way to start this week. 
winning at Cruton, the first episode in this series. The fictional recruit, and yes, he is fictional, is four-star offensive lineman Damian Wardaddy Warmack. Stands at six foot four, three hundred and ten pounds. He's played mostly guard, but could move to offensive tackle with work on his footwork and hands. From Tampa, Florida. Uh, so he's nearly equidistant from each program. Mom ran track for the Florida Gators, represented by Mr. Garrett Turney, and his dad played basketball for the U. Trey, you'll be repping Miami today. The top priority for War Daddy Warmack is to make it to the NFL, but he also wants to be on the big stage in college. Um, Trey, you know, you're repping Miami. Garrett, you're repping Florida. I'm going to just kind of sit back and be the moderator, essentially. I want each uh, each of y'all to have your time with your opening statement. Um, and, you know, it, it's not going to be an argumentative uh, type deal. We truly want some back and forth here. But with that being said, I'm randomly deciding who's going to go first. Garrett, I want the Florida Gators up first. Uh, keep it to a, a couple minutes here. But what what is your opening pitch here to Damian War Daddy Warmack? Uh, well, first place as it should be for the Florida Gators. All right, so um, look, Damian, uh, we want to talk candidly about where you want to go to college and uh, what you're trying to do here. Um, look, you want to play in the SEC. We've heard you. We've talked about your goals and your ambitions to go to uh, the league and make it to the NFL. Uh, if you want to make it to the NFL, you got to be with the best, play with the best. Uh, I went ahead and did a little bit of uh, research for you. And I looked up uh, the average number of league recruits on a per capita basis. The SEC puts out about four and a half players uh, per school, uh, and the ACC only does two. So if you're just looking at it, it doubles the chance that you're going to make the league and doubles the chance that the guys that you're playing against will make the league. Uh, this just talks about the volume of talent in the SEC. We don't really have to uh, pretend that we don't know what this conference is. Uh, look, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron and uh, SEC athletes just get each other ready for a career in the NFL. And you're going to go up against some real game breakers at Georgia, some real big talent over there at Alabama. Uh, you'll be playing guys at Tennessee and Kentucky every single year. All the way up and down this conference, it's competitive. Uh, but based on who I know your parents are, uh, you got competitive built into your DNA. And I know that you want to compete with the best of the best every single week. Wow, we really went hard at the family there. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Florida Gators. Um, the Warmack fat, uh, oh, family is, is glad to have you in the house. Trey, the U, boy, the U could use some some nastiness, a, a return to winning in the trenches, the punch-you-in-the-mouth style of play. I think I think Damien brings that. His, his nickname leaves no doubt there, so... Uh, if you would, uh, if you would pitch us here on why Miami should be the destination for Mr. Warmack. Well, first of all, if you're coming to the U, you have to have a little extra swagger with you. And since you have the producer, you get a drop. So, listen, Damien, um, we can talk about the SEC versus the ACC all we want. That's for the pundits to decide. We don't know who's going to come out on top in a given year, but what we do know is when you come to the U, when you come down to Miami, you're going to play for arguably the best offensive line coach in the country, in Mario Cristobal. He came here to resurrect the U, and if you're an elite O-lineman, come play for the guy that knows O-line like no other head coach in this country. 
He played offensive tackle for us. He won two national championships for us as an offensive tackle. He coached O-line at Rutgers, at the U, at Alabama, and at Oregon. I don't know if you've ever heard of those schools. He won the (laughs) inaugural Joe Moore Award for the best O-line when he was the O-line coach at Alabama. And not just he's not just coaching up anybody here. He's in uh, just since 2014, our head coach as an O-line coach and as a head coach has coached six All-Americans, two first rounders and nine draft picks just on the O-line. That's not even counting guys that he recruited and developed, but then um, got drafted a year after he left. If we counted those, we could go even further for Coach Cristobal. Point simply, he knows how to get you to the league. We can talk about average players per team in the SEC versus the ACC. Look, we can't help that Boston College can't put people in the league. We can't help oh that a couple other schools in our conference are struggling there. But you know who does put guys in the league? The U. No matter, even when we've been down, even when we've been struggling, the U puts guys in the league and Coach Cristobal puts guys in the league. Just a couple salaries for you. Um, Ryan Kelly, under Mario Cristobal at Alabama, he's now the highest paid center in the NFL. Cam Robinson, he played for Coach Cristobal at Alabama. He just signed a three-year, $54 million extension this offseason. Panay Sewell, he was the number six overall draft pick um, going to Detroit just a couple years ago. Played for Mario Cristobal at Oregon. And he has he's making $6 million a year as a rookie these aren't just any jimmies and joes man they are coming to mario cristobal as prime recruits he's also a great recruiter he's going to put talent around you he's going to bring the u back florida's been trying to get the next urban meyer for quite a while now and i know we haven't made the best hires but we have our guy and we are ready to bring the swagger back to south beach all right just join us couple observations there. First of all, Chestnut Hill and all academic institutions in the <laughs> ACC just caught a massive stray. You can't help that. Apologies to those fan bases. I'm not trying um, to recruit him to the ACC. I'm trying to recruit him to Miami. We can't help that some schools point. can't put guys in the league. <laughs> Garrett, I'm surprised you didn't ever say it just means more. Maybe that's coming in a, in a rebuttal here. Um that that was fantastic, Trey. You, you present a lot of numbers. Uh, you you give you paint a really nice picture, um, Garrett. You know, just just to kind of tee up your rebuttal here, it sounds like Trey maybe you know has a little bit of that. Uh, oh gosh, what it's like graphic paralysis where you you claim uh, you know all the accolades of a coach that you're bringing over. Uh, I think OU was the, the most recent to do it with Brent Venables. Um, your response to to what Trey said because so those facts and figures very very um, interesting. I'll tell you what, no, the Dormac Fatty family. Look, right don't now, worry, we're doing it too. Okay, we're bringing right. over our guy too. Here we go. So. Here we go. Florida up on the clock. Yeah, no. So look, I mean, I'm glad that he wanted to sing the accolades of the University of Alabama um, and just talk about the things that Alabama put on the field. We're really happy that <laughs> he wants to talk about how good the SEC is. But by the way, let's talk about the last five years. Uh, if we're talking last five years, guys, they put in the league. Uh, Florida put 27 in there. Uh, Miami put in 20 and uh, really trailed off the last couple of years. For Miami, it went 6 5 4 4 1 the last five years. Uh, for Florida, it's 5 5 6 8 and then 3. A little bit of a down year last year, but you know, we've been keeping it up. Uh, additionally, if we're just going to talk about Billy Napier for a second, uh, that's our new coach. 
We feel pretty good about him. He got seven guys drafted, the University of Louisiana, which, uh, just in case you're not uh, familiar, it's a little bit smaller school than what Oregon had. We have a $34 million budget at Louisiana. Uh, the Nike flagship up there in Oregon has $110 million to mess around with. So, uh, you know, they had plenty of money to to put into developing guys. Uh, yeah, they got 16 guys drafted, but with that much more budget, uh, you know, they did far less. And so, you know, if we're just talking about guys getting developed, uh, getting ready for the league, yeah, I think Napier's your way to go here. Um, look, he's he's getting his shot coming up uh at a bigger school now um and you know as far as pedigree goes this was also a guy who worked with nick saban at alabama and with Dabo sweeney at clemson um you know he's got a lot of experience he's learned a lot of those stops um and yeah i just i don't know that you would want to go with a guy who uh maybe has already had his chance at a flagship school and maybe didn't do as much with it uh in terms of developing guys Okay, so so interesting. So you're questioning Mario's ability to to develop players. Garrett, last question before Trey gets his shot again. Um, talk to me a, a, about development. Uh, you know, Damian, he's played guard. He he has some interest in sliding out to play tackle. Uh, obviously, he's he's big. He would be big for a tackle, maybe a little bit too big. Uh, but he, he wants to maybe consider it. Uh, the technique's not there quite yet, but tell me a little bit about development as far as where you see him playing guard, tackle, if you would you know, try and shift him outside. Well, you know, I, I had it listed up for a little bit later, but I will go ahead and talk about the schematic fit in both offenses. Uh, you know, look, at, at Billy Napier's offense at Florida, we're running a pro-style scheme, right? We're locking letting you talk about inline blocking zone concepts. Uh, we're talking about, you know, maybe pulling a guy and getting him in space to go demolish a defensive back. You know, look, Damian comes around the corner and they got a safety lined up there. Uh, it's going to be a good day and some good tape for you. Uh, now what Oregon has run is a little bit more of a power, uh, power spread offense. And they run a little bit more of that up-tempo running around. And you got to do a whole lot of running around if you're that guy on the offensive line. Look, I'm not trying to question your fitness. I'm not trying to question how much you can run around. Uh, I just think that you'd be a lot fresher every play, running a pro-style scheme, getting ready for the league, getting to show off your best talents. And then, look, I mean, it's a little bit more of a run-first offense, which means that you can focus on mauling the guy across from you while you develop some of that pass protection, which lets you slide outside later. Is AR-15, though, it's more of a run-style offense? Um, No, great, great points. Fantastic points. Trey, over to you. you. You've got quite a few things to address here. And I think it's pretty easy to address them. Um, listen, Damien, <laughs> they can talk a big talk up in Gainesville. And you know what? I we really can. don't need to negative recruit Florida because I can sell Miami. And I think that that is going to do enough to get you to be a Miami Hurricane. But since we want to talk Florida, let's talk about Billy Napier. Do you remember the last couple of times that Florida hired a coach from a smaller conference to come lead their program? And if you don't, it's okay because it didn't end well and they didn't really accomplish anything. So this is just same song, second verse, third verse, fourth verse for Florida since Urban Meyer left. They have been trying to find the next Urban Meyer. They've gone through coach after coach. And listen, the same could be said about our school down in Miami. I get that. 
but we are investing in the program like we haven't since the early 2000s. We're bringing in a proven winner, guy that's done it at multiple stops, learned under the best coach in the country in Nick Saban. You want to talk about a, a, a whole league that sells what Alabama does? Just look at it at the SEC, okay? They can talk about we're only selling what Coach Cristobal did at Alabama. He's done it at multiple different stops. He even got T.Y. Hilton to the NFL from Florida International, a guy that's made $55 million in his career. So he's doing pretty well for himself. Cristobal has gotten people to the league no matter where he's been at, no matter how small the school has been, and he's going to be able to do that for you too. Now, listen, we do run a different offense. We do run a more up-tempo offense. Guess what the NFL's moving towards? It's not the slow, grinded-out, three yards in a cloud of dust offense that we call pro-style, okay? Watch the teams that are winning in the NFL. They're not running the same stuff with three tight ends on the field and a fullback every play. You want to be prepared for the league. Come play where guys like Penny Sewell, Ryan Kelly, Cam Robinson, Shane Lemieux, all these guys that are still on NFL rosters today, still getting paid a lot of money, they learned and they're doing just fine, okay? That's not even to mention where you'll be living. You get to live in Miami, Florida, one of the best cities in America. There's a reason that Formula One, it was one of the first cities that uh, they came over to when they chose Miami as one of the first cities they wanted to expand to in America. You get Miami so close to campus, but you're also a little away from the hustle and bustle of Miami. If you want the college town experience and the bright lights of the city, we get both of those as in Coral Gables and Miami. So there's a lot to be said. You're a talented guy. You can go anywhere in the country. would be thrilled to have you. But if you want to be in on the ground floor, bringing back a dynasty, bringing back a, a team that can win at the highest level and has proven that we can do that before, come on down to Miami. Hmm. All right. All right. Very, very strong return volley there. Uh, Trey, tell me a little bit about uh, you know what it's going to be like uh, you started there living in Miami as opposed to maybe living in Gainesville. You know, what, what's it, what's it like on campus? You know, wh- why, why choose the university of Miami, not just the football program, but the whole, the whole school, as opposed to going, uh, you know, up the road to Florida where, where his mother, you know, ran track. Listen, both are great schools, both academically great schools, both, have a great college life. They're both going to check a lot of the same boxes, but if you want to be able to live near a world-renowned city, near um, anything you could possibly want, near one of the best spring break destinations in the country, if you want to be able to have all of that at your fingertips, come on down. Just ask LeBron. Just ask any of the major athletes that have come and desired to make Miami home. Miami is a great place to live. You get all of the best of both worlds. In Gainesville, you might be looking for things to do. You might be a little bit bored. You do get to focus on football at both places. We're not going to just say it's a wild party scene where you get to do whatever you want and never focus on football. I know that that might be um, a rebuttal that's coming from other places, but we take football very, very seriously. But We also do it in a place that's a really fun place to live. All right. Well, breaking news. If you commit to Miami, you get LeBron's phone number uh, from from Trey's lips uh, directly. <laughs> Garrett, um, you can always DM you know, him on Twitter. His DMs are always open. Oh, that's very true. Uh, a lot said there from from the University of Miami. I, I haven't heard any any of the family ties yet. So, so Garrett, you know, draw me in. Why 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 would Damien choose Florida 
following his mother's footsteps. Can you play to that a little bit? Well, I mean, don't worry about that. Um, we'll we'll get to that towards the end. That's part of my my closing pitch. I want to talk about family. <laughs> I'm jumping the gun. Um, my apologies. I, I, I do want to bring up the LeBron point. I think after four years, LeBron decided Miami wasn't for him. So I'd really hate for you to make that decision too. He definitely um, thought Cleveland, Ohio, was a better city. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he he decided to jump to the other city. Look, if you want to talk about cities and which city is better, that's fine. I just I think you'd rather go to a school. Uh, that's the flagship name brand instead of a school named after a city. Uh, you know, I'd just rather go to that big school for you. Look, and, and we're really getting off topic right now, right? You're here for football, right? You can go party wherever you want to when you make the league. You make the league, you make your millions. You can go anywhere you want to in the world. Um, and, and I want to go ahead and focus on what we're going to be able to do, which is win in college, right? You want to be on the big stage. You want to win. You want to get all the exposure, you want to make it to the bright lights, you want people to see you play. So let's just talk about some of where we're coming from, right? No point in bringing up what the schools have done. Let's just talk about what the coaches have done and what you can expect to do. Uh, If you're looking at the uh, winning percentages under these two coaches at Louisiana with Napier, you had a 781 winning percentage. At Oregon, 674. Certainly respectable, but... Uh, not necessarily as good. If you want to think about bowl games, those big stages, Louisiana, three and one, Oregon, two and three. Look, you, you can win a few bowl games maybe with them. Uh, you might do okay with that. Um, and, and, you know, before we talk about it, uh, Oregon typically had much better players. You know, the 89.914 average recruit score for Oregon uh, under Cristobal and under Napier, it was an 81.358. That's substantially not as good of a player. Uh, And they're still able to knock off teams like Iowa State, right? Come to a power program and knock off an Iowa State. We're not getting beat by Stanford last year. You know, we're not we're not getting stomped by Utah twice last year. I mean, Napier's coming into Florida hot. He was 13 and one last year, conference champs. Uh, Only loss was on the road to Texas, which is, you know, that's pretty tough. But he had a big win over Liberty in the same year. Cristobal left Oregon on a bit of a melanote, like I said. 10-4, 10-4, and four, stomped by Utah twice, lost to a bad Sanford team. They beat Ohio State. It was a down year for them, so they certainly had a win, but uh, got some bad losses on there as well. Um, yeah, we're having a win in the SEC, right? We got the we got the SEC East, which is much better than trying to play in the West, right? You don't have to go through Bama and LSU and A&M, some of those bigger programs. Uh, yeah, we got to get over Georgia, uh, but besides that, we're going to be back on the path to success, right? We just won the East a couple years ago. Uh, We got the roster to do it, and I think you can be a big piece of helping us get back on top of this. Uh, Look, ACC doesn't even guarantee a playoff spot if you win the conference. You know, sometimes the ACC gets two teams in. Um, And if we want to talk about winning, they got to go through UNC and Pitt with a much worse roster than what we have right now. Um, And they get to go through those teams just to get the right to get beat down by Clemson or NC State in the ACC championship game. So, you know, look, it's it's going to be tough. We got a tough road ahead of us. Certainly more competitive in this conference, uh, but I think we can get back on tap and put uh, Florida back where they belong. Try over to you. Billy can talk all he wants about his winning percentage and <laughs> random stats that he throws out there. Look, we can't all fill up our schedules with Georgia State and Georgia Southern and and Georgia. Okay. You also lost to five and seven Texas last year. So (laughs) listen, we all know that Miami has not been where they should be. That's why they hired coach Cristobal. 
Coach Cristobal has learned under the best minds in the game. Napier learned under a guy that got fired from Arizona State. Okay. Um, Miami is um, Miami is on track. We hired Coach Cristobal to become the top dog in the conference like we're supposed to be. They can sell you on the SEC. They don't even know what the SEC is going to look like by the time that you're a junior. We don't know what that Florida schedule is going to look like. They could be playing um, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Tennessee in their pod every year. That's not that much different from the ACC. We don't know what that's going to look like. There's an opportunity in the ACC like there hasn't been in a long time. Florida can sell you on the schedule. We get to play in some amazing venues as well. There's just as much exposure in the ACC as there is in the SEC. We have our own conference network. We have a pretty lucrative deal with ESPN. We have um, the heart of an entire city behind us. And if you ever question our fan support and our passion down here in Miami, just go on YouTube and look up some uh, videos from our home games back in the day. Back when we were winning, back when we needed, uh, when we were packing the stadium, when we had, when the fans, quite honestly, had a reason to pack the stadium and be rowdy, they showed up and they were some of the most passionate fans in the country. They will support you and you'll get to play in an amazing environment. We're bringing all that back. You can be part of the ground floor of bringing all that back. We got the coach that's going to bring in the players. He knows how to recruit wherever he's been. All those huge classes at Alabama guess who was their coordinating coordinator for all of those coach Cristobal he's going to bring in talent to play around you you're not going to be left on an island like you might be at Florida their line play hasn't been the best and he's just a really unproven coach up there so if we're talking about proven versus unproven I think that's clear now let's talk a little bit about what we want to get back to at Miami okay the standard is the old you the standard is not what we've seen the past 20 years or so. The standard is five national titles, four more that we don't claim, but others have um, handed out to us. The standard is conference championships. The standard is 35 consensus All-Americans. The standard is getting back to being the most feared program in college football that no one wants to play. That's where we're headed. That's where we want you to join us on the journey to. We're not worried about what the past three or four coaches have done here. We know that they underachieved. What we're worried about is the future and getting back to where we're supposed to be. Uh, Trey, just just to tee Garrett up here before we kind of get to our, our closing arguments, I'll, I'll say, um, you know, you mentioned the standard is, is conference championships. It's national championships. Um, you know, not, not an ACC conference championship yet claimed by the University of Miami, you know, can you speak to that just for a second? Oh yeah, but that's the old guys, right? We're not we're not trying to hide from the fact that we have not been where we're supposed to be. Okay, we're not trying to hide from the fact that there's been a lot of underachievement. Coach Cristobal will be the first one to tell you that he was here when we were winning. He knows what it takes to win at Miami. He's seen it firsthand, and he knows how to bring it back. So that's not the standard. Coach Cristobal was here when that standard was being set. The ACC is wide open. We're excited to take advantage of that, and we're going to hit the ground running in year one. Gosh, second shot you've lobbed at the conference so far tonight. <laughs> uh, Garrett, I'll let you respond, and then I, I want us to, to take a step back, kind of collect our thoughts, and give closing arguments here uh, in, in the case of War Daddy, War Mac. Of course, 
you, the audience, will ultimately be the deciding factor. Who uh, who gets the commitment from Damien? I'll put a poll on Spotify because um, it lets me do that as soon as I upload it. I'll also put this out on Twitter when the episode goes live at 3TechPod on Instagram and Twitter. You're, you guys are going to be the ultimate deciding vote, not me. Uh, we want your input here. Do you have him going to Florida? Do you have him going back to the U? So Garrett, respond to Trey real fast, and then we'll we'll tee up kind of closing statements here. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just I'm really glad that uh, Mario Cristobal was at Alabama and helped them achieve all that success because apparently Nick Saban had nothing to do with recruiting those classes. Um, and as long he was as we're talking about coordinator, just no, you're right, you're right. It's, he's definitely the reason they have uh, had that success and how far they've fallen off since he left. I mean, geez, they really have not been the same program since. Uh, but as long as we want to talk about Nick Saban um, and talking about who uh, Billy Napier learned under, that would be stop number one. He learned under Nick Saban. Uh, he was there coaching with some of those offensive concepts. He was there um, with Dabo Sweeney as well. So, I mean, if we're just going to be honest here, let's talk about you know who we've actually learned from. We've all had stops that got us to where we needed to go. Uh, but, yeah, there were other stops that uh, made us who we were, right? Uh, this would be the Nick Sabans and the Dabo Sweeney's who who built him to where he is. Um, look, and, and you know, I, I was going to say this for closing, but I'll go ahead and talk about it since we're on the topic of Miami's success and you know that that big amount of time. I, I sure hope they get back to winning so you can play in front of some fans because they sure are fair weather down there in Miami. They don't seem to like to show up to their uh, their shared stadium with the Dolphins and. Uh, you know, actually show up and support their team when they ain't doing too good. There's some faithful fans. There are. We're not going to, you know, diss on the faithful fans, but uh, it doesn't seem like they pull as good of a crowd. Uh, you're never going to hear that said about the Swamp, though. You're never going to hear that said about the Swamp. And as far as we're talking about, uh, you know, Miami's brief success in the past, uh, I wanted to talk about another guy who was successful in the past. His name was Gaius Apaleus Diocles. Uh, Gaius Apaleus Diocles was one of the most successful athletes of all time. He was a chariot racer back around the year 146 AD. And he was one of the most decorated athletes of all time. But as long as we're talking about ancient history, we can talk about when Miami was good. Oh, my um, God. And so, you know, I just I think maybe just maybe we should bring it to modern times where we've won two titles since they won their last one. So, um, you know, we've had more success over a sustained period of time. And, uh, you know, I just think we're going to keep keep that going here at the University of Florida. And you can definitely be a huge part of that. I'll, I'll see you when we close. <laughs> well, Trey, say something to Twitter because I know this is getting clipped. <laughs> I was not prepared for a Roman chariot race. <laughs> Come back. I, I was not. Uh, that was not bullet. on my list of possible <laughs> rebuttals. <laughs> That was that was an incredible take, uh, and now maybe the deepest cut in all of like social content history. I I mean the the chariot race I think has to be this podcast first inside joke. So Garrett Keeper of the takes, I mean congratulations for that. Trey, we work uh, hard. We work hard. Yeah, exactly. Trey, you gotta. You got to come back here, man. Uh, that was that was a haymaker. Uh, I, I need I need your response here. You get the first first bit of closing argument. So, if we want to talk about ancient history, we can. I really 
again, don't feel like I need to negative recruit Florida. Florida's a great school. You're going to be really successful if you go to Florida. You're going to be more successful long-term, set up for success if you come to Miami. The ACC is a great conference. It's a great conference with a lot of opportunity. We get to play in some great venues. We get to play in marquee out-of-conference games. We play Notre Dame. We play in major bowl games. We have great exposure. We have um, an NFL franchise right in our backyard that shares a stadium with us. That's, you know, some people could look at that as a negative. We get to experience an NFL program right in our backyard. So there's scouts everywhere at Miami, okay? We can talk about ancient history all we want, okay? I think you were in diapers the last time Florida won anything of relevance. So really, 2001 versus 2008, okay, fine. But... Miami is on the rise. Miami has just been missing the crucial piece, the coach that can bring back the swagger, bring back the recruiting, bring back everything. Why not the guy that has all the connections already and is a Miami guy through and through? We're on the rise. You can join us or you can watch us rise from afar. Very, very closing, strong closing statement there. Garrett, you've got the last word here. Why should the Florida Gators earn the services of four-star offensive lineman Damian Warmack? Well, look, I mean, we've talked about winning. We've talked about success on the field and how Napier's definitely had it. We've talked about the conference. We've talked about uh, where you want to be, right? Conference, a champion. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, we, we, we want to talk about where you want to be. We want to talk about the players you're going to play against, talk about development, get into the league. Uh, look, I think it's pretty clear Florida is your option here. But let's let's go ahead and take this back. I know that your mother, right, she ran here at Florida, right? Mama ran at Florida. And I'm sure she's a great mom, and she would never tell you what to do or who to pick, right? She tells you, this is your choice. It's your moment. It's your decision, right? I'm sure that's the way that it is because she's a good mama, right? Um, but we all know that we got to keep mama happy, right? We want to do things to make mama happy. Um, and I know that nothing would mean more to her and seeing her son suit up in the blue and orange of the swamp, fulfilling that legacy that she built here, uh, that's going to keep her happy, man. Look, we are rebuilding something big. We took a, a year or two off, right? We had a little bit of a break, but we have stayed good, right? We're going to continue to be good. We're going to take this to the next level. We're going to build this back to where it needs to be. Look, there is some brief success down at Miami. We get that. Uh, but Florida is what it has been in this state. Uh, this is the flagship university of this state. Uh, why don't you come on home and make your dreams come true? All right. Well, gentlemen, well argued, well reasoned on both sides. Again, uh, fans of the three tech, this is your decision. If you're going with Florida, if you're going with Miami, of course, Garrett representing Florida, Trey representing Miami. I'll put a poll on our socials at three tech pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you'd like to write in, email us, 3techpod at gmail.com. Uh, feel free to cast your vote there as well. Um, we'll. We'll tally all this up. And then basically what will happen is, uh, you know, we'll announce the winner once all of that has been tabulated on our social media. But, guys, I think also it probably makes sense that uh, the winner of this first edition of Winning at Cruton will retain their chair in, in the next episode, right? So, Whoever, you know, maybe loses this one, they'll host the next one. It would be me going up against, 
you know, whichever one of you guys wins. I, I think that sounds like a decent little King of the Hill situation. What's oh, yeah, no, this was, yeah, this I love was a lot of fun. Yeah. Can I just say real quick, though, I think it's pretty obvious why so many recruits are leaving the state of Florida. <laughs> state. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's okay. Go, no, go no, until, uh, until I was doing the research for this one, I, I thought, man, this should be easy, right? This You just say, hey, come to Florida. And I was looking through it. I'm like, man, it's a lot harder to recruit here than in, uh, maybe, you know, 10 years ago. I don't when know. You can just run right up the state line and go to Georgia or a couple states over and go to Alabama or Clemson. I mean, uh, that's yeah. They, wow. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it sure makes a lot of sense to me. Lots of lots of unproven qualities and a lot to prove. Like, look, we've run through guys. coaches here. We yeah. we run every coach out of town. Um, it's kind of it's kind of the Spider Man meme. To be honest, like <laughs> Miami and Florida are really the Spider Man meme. <laughs> let's just let's bring Florida State into here. Florida State has some blame to share in all of this. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's literally what I thought while y'all were going back and forth. And, and you guys did a great job selling both both programs. I mean, obviously the highlights of each program are, are well defined. Um, and you know, you each brought up some of the shortcomings of the other program as well. But that's what I was thinking too. Was like man, these cases sound really, really similar. Like, you know, both both come from SEC coaching trees and they've, you know, they have various accolades in other places. Obviously, Cristobal has more accolades than, than Napier does, but, um, you know, very, very similar cases uh, there in, in the Sunshine State. So uh, I, I definitely thought of the Spider-Man meme as well. But, you know, For props sure. to you guys. Uh, I think you you waged a great debate, Garrett. Uh, I mean, the deepest cut of all time. That's, that's <laughs> no, You may have deep cuts, time. but we have classic 80s rock songs. <laughs> I was going to say, Trey, you, you, I felt like Miami took more of the high road than I would expect in a you, – you kept – you know, I'm not going negative, to negatively recruit Florida. I'm like, well – I think Miami would be all in on burying Florida. So I was kind of expecting the opposite there. <laughs> Listen, yeah, no, Miami definitely... Miami sells itself. You know, when you live in Gainesville, you have to badmouth actual cities. So I mean, I pretty quickly, when I was prepping this, just said, look, it's the SEC, and then we're just going Napier versus uh, Cristobal, yeah. and they're both pretty good coaches, but yeah. obviously one's been there a little bit longer, so I was like, time to slash. <laughs> Well, well done. Uh, again, guys, let us know what you think on Instagram and Twitter. Drop us a follow. Uh, that helps us tremendously. It helps grow this podcast. And guys, it's free 99. Uh, you know, we're, we're not running, we're not hiding things behind paywalls. We're not running a bunch of, um, you know, deals on exclusive content that you have to pay for. Uh, we really want to build a community and uh, it costs you nothing to hit that follow button to you know, hit like on Instagram or Twitter and uh, let us know what you think as well. Of course, this podcast goes up at least twice a week on Mondays and Thursdays uh, at 6, uh, 6 a.m. Central Time. And uh, then, of course, we've included billboard material, a couple of editions of those as well. That will normally just be once a week. But with Saban and Jimbo declaring nuclear war, I mean, we had to record an emergency podcast. So right now, expect about three podcasts a week. Once we get into the regular season, you'll, you can expect previews uh, coming out on Thursday morning, and you can expect recaps of all the college football action coming out on Monday. But that will wrap up this first version of Winning at Cruden. Again, let us know if you thought Florida got the win, if he's going to Miami. And uh, for Trey Reeves, for Garrett Turney, I'm Mitch Mason. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, so long, everybody.